0: Nestor Cortez exited with a solid line, but he's still running into the same issue that's plagued him all season. Let's discuss Nasty Nestor on today's Locked on Yankees. You are locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. With me, as always, is my producer, Steve Granado. Steve, what's going on?
1: Hey, another big win. Yankees 10-2 to victors over the Seattle Mariners. We mentioned Nasty Nestor. We have to talk about him here in a second. We have a preview for the finale, of course, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Talk about the pitching matchups to get you set up. We also have a thoughtful conversation on Oswaldo Cabrera what's going on? Is there hope for his season? Can he turn it around? We're going to discuss some really deep analytical numbers about as Cabrera that's coming up in just a few moments, but first Stacy nasty Nester, Uh, is he losing that title? <laughs> five innings of work, five hits, two earned three walks and six strikeouts. Just before we get too deep into it. I mean, are, are, are you hopeful at all for Nestor becoming what he was in 2022 again?
0: I'm, yes, I'm hopeful it could happen. It's just, uh, it's just interesting watching this happen because he seems fine. And then all of a sudden he's not, <laughs> and it's, you know, it seems like either it's the third time through the order or it's the pitch count. He gets to a certain point and he just, loses it and it's really strange to see because he was so solid last year and it's disconcerting and some of the numbers we're going to look at in a second are really eye-opening
1: yeah it's truly bizarre uh of course he was at 101 pitches uh but you're we before the the game started of course on our episode yesterday we talked about how important it was to have Nestor have a good outing whatever that may be yeah Uh, it was really more just like a get in have a day and then get out right mm-hmm. it, it was you know whatever however long that was before things started falling apart and that seemed to be uh maybe unintentionally what ended up happening yeah in game two
0: yeah um i was happy about that i was a little worried because i i thought oh this might have been a mistake keeping him in but he he finished okay so it, it very, out okay. yeah,
1: everything's just confusing, right? It's very confusing because there's moments where you see it and it's working great, uh, and, and then it seems to implode on him.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like he hits a wall at a certain point. And like I said, we don't know if it's it almost seems like it happens around 70 to 75 pitches and. Um, that usually coincides with the third time through the order, but not tonight. He just pitched, he threw a lot of pitches tonight in those five innings. Like we said, 101, that's a lot in five innings.
1: You know, what's strange is it's not just Yankees media, baseball media, us that's confused. Nestor's confused too. And I think that's an interesting wrinkle in all of this and this weird saga. He told the athletic uh, yesterday quote i think the games i've allowed a lot of runs has been that i haven't thrown the ball where i wanted to hit my command my command has been a little bit off it's not a secret that i pitch inside hit these is- Hitters are going to be hunting for the ball in. They're going to take their chances hitting the ball inside, which is why I haven't had really good success this year because I've been pounding the outside way more than I usually do. It's Mm -hmm. part of pitching, adjusting the league, and adjusting the game. Am I concerned? Not really. My stuff is there. It's not like I'm throwing 87 from the get-go. My fastball doesn't have the elite ride anymore. It's just a matter of bunkering down in those late innings and finishing the job. Mm -hmm. He had a, a lot of interesting quotes. I'll leave that article linked in the episode description here. If you want to read it for yourself, of course, it's on The Athletic, so you have to pay for it. Uh, but uh, there were a lot of just, I mean, a lot of it was just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and that's such a weird thing to hear because usually you can pinpoint what problems are. Yeah. It's really, really, really just
0: so odd. Again, it's really like he just implodes at a certain point. It's just yeah, bizarre.
1: Yeah. Hopefully he's able to figure it out. Let us know in the comment section, if you're feeling hopeful about Nestor Cortez in 2023, can he turn it around or what does he need to turn it around to? I feel like Nestor is the most important pitcher in the Yankees rotation this season. They need him. Uh, And that's not just because of injuries. They just need him. Uh, Luckily for Nestor on, uh, on game two, the offense showed up again, back-to-back nights with double-digit run Stace against a team that pitches well yeah. uh, and against two pretty darn good pitchers this season. Uh, IKF with a big night.
0: I mean, hello, <laughs> four for five on the night, four runs driven in. Um, he had an RBI single. He had an RBI um, single in the, in the ninth, two runs batted in there and his OPS on the season right now is six six six, which I thought was really funny. But he has hits in his last five out of six games, and he's just really stepping it up when the Yankees need him to. And it was really funny when he got that last hit in the top of the ninth. Uh, Derek, uh, Derek, I do that all the time. Garrett Cole did the Wayne's World "I'm Not Worthy" bow toward IKF <laughs> when he was on first, which I thought was hilarious. But he's really stepping it up. Um, they made a good point on the yes broadcast he could have you know just given up when you know because he knew he wasn't in the shortstop race during spring training and he could have just crawled it like curled into a ball and given up completely and he didn't and you know what I said it the other day I'm actually really loving this and I like that he's contributing it's it's really great to see and he's really proving to be an important piece of the team right now
1: yeah, of course. Uh Anthony Volby, three run shot as well in last night's game. Uh, it seems like he kind of just has these one hit moments, right? Like it's it's kinda strange. Uh you obviously want to see him turn things around and, and get more comfortable at the plate. I feel like we've been seeing that for a few months, but we anticipated this, of course, with a mm-hmm. lack of real triple A time uh, in his career. He did also have an error last night. Um, which is starting to grow a little more concerning recently. That's another conversation. Uh <laughs> wanted to shout out Jake Bowers, too. Uh, it's another sack fly. He's been swinging it well here in this series. And then, I mean, here we go. Here's your nightly or daily <laughs> Aaron Judge home run. I mean, come on, man. Come on.
0: Yeah. he. Um, Katie Sharp tweeted that he's on pace because he's hit, I think, it's 10 home runs in 18 games at uh, T-Mobile park. Is that what it's called now? And um, he's on pace. If he played there in 162 games at that current pace, he'd have 90 home runs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, not going to (laughs) happen. Pretty amazing though. I mean, I'm just going to, every day is just going to go Aaron Judge Homer. That's amazing. Yada, yada, yada. And then we just move on because that's just where we're at at this point. Yeah. Um, Quickly, before we uh, step aside for a second and have this chat about Oswaldo Cabrera, Stacey, Your thoughts on Aaron Hicks? Uh, The Aaron Hicks saga is 100% no ifs, ands, or buts, complete now. Aaron Hicks picked up by the Baltimore Orioles.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was unfolding in the afternoon on when uh, Tuesday, and just the Yankees don't play them late in the season because my biggest fear is when someone leaves the Yankees and goes to a fellow AL East team that they're going to play some part in destroying the Yankees hopes at the end of the season. And I mean, he still could if he stuck around and they're playing a team that might knock the Yankees out or, you know, keep them out of a playoff spot, but who knows how long he's going to last, but good for him, for someone picking him up. And, you know, I hope he does do well, as long as it's not doing well against the Yankees. Cause I, I just wish nothing but the best for Aaron Hicks. He just had a, a bum ride here. It was just a bad experience.
1: Yeah, we obviously send our well wishes out to Aaron Hicks. Uh, and hopefully he has uh, has a resurgence. So best of luck, buddy. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, drop your questions for Fan Mail Friday in our comment section here on YouTube. You guys already know the drill. You can catch the Mariners series in the finale tonight on SiriusXM. Just download the SiriusXM app. Coming up, we are going to talk about Oswaldo Cabrera and try and figure out what in the world is going on. Why has he not been successful this season? <music>
0: Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel has great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app that pays your winnings instantly. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. And hey, we're up to the finals. You have the Nuggets versus the heat. Who's going to win? You can go to FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: Hey, back here on Locked On Yankees. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day to the everydayers out there coming up on Thursday's show. We need to chat about the AL East. We are past the 30% mark of the season. So we need to chat a little bit about how this division is shaking out. So make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss that conversation tomorrow. Stacy, we have a very important conversation to, to have here today, and it has to deal with Oswaldo Cabrera look, I love Oswaldo. I want to get that out of the way right away. You know me. If you're a new person here, I was with the rail riders last season and I quickly fell in love with Oswaldo. He was the brightest star, both like on the field and just as a human being on that team. Like it it was evident that he's special. And I still feel that way. He's a very special and talented ball player and a very nice, just great all around guy. Um, so I think that's, important to get out front. Like that's where we're coming from. Uh, I know that you love him too. I do. Yeah. The Yankees love him. Like, everybody loves well, Oswaldo. but it, it's, it's obvious that things are not working out this season on the field, right? He has not been the same player that he was in that brief stint last year. And I think that comes with the caveat as well as saying that he didn't have a lot of A time last season, right. right? He had a shoulder injury. Uh, He was down in Tampa for like a week and came back to the rail riders and then was called up pretty quick. So he hasn't had the developmental time at the higher levels that maybe he should have. So let's get that out front. I wanted to look at some of the numbers here, some of the deeper numbers as to what's going on with us, Waldo. Let's start defensively. Pretty much all his numbers are down defensively, but I think it comes with a caveat. Uh, The numbers uh, like UZR, your defensive runs saved. Those are down. I'm looking at just his uh, outfield numbers, not his infield numbers, but it's said same could be said here. Um, his numbers in left field are are basically identical to last season um, and his number and right are way down. But again, I think that caveat there, there was a couple of really specific plays last season that he made that were out of the world yeah. um, that really changed those numbers. This is a fairly small sample size. Um, that's not really what I'm concerned with. I think defensively, he's fine. I've had no issues with him defensively. The problem is obviously the offense this year. And this is unintentionally maybe the perfect time to be doing this, Stace. (laughs) 44 games last year, 171 plate appearances, 48 games this year, and 168 plate appearances. It's almost perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and that was not our, our, our anticipation. All of his stats are down. Uh, but saying that, so were his strikeouts. Hmm. So I started to try and figure out what was going on here, and this led me down an hour and a half rabbit hole (laughs) of just going down all of Oswaldo's stats and trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, And I found a really weird trend. In every small category, things are going better Hmm. than last year, which doesn't make any sense because the results aren't there, right? I'm not looking at results numbers. He's swinging and missing less, like hmm. considerably less. Uh, he is swinging and missing the lowest number he has since 2018 when he was in A ball. Hmm. That's significant. His contact is both up in and out of the zone. So he's hitting the ball more wherever <laughs> it's pitched. Hmm. So this is me just going down this line going, wait, that doesn't make sense. That yeah. doesn't make sense. He's also swinging at less pitches out of the zone than he was last year. I'm like, that's great. He's swinging at more strikes. (laughs) His hard hit percentage hasn't changed. So he's hitting the ball just as hard as he was last year. His exit velocities are almost identical. They are like, it is scary. So he has by all these metrics gotten better than last year. Hmm. So what's going on? Launch angle. Mm. I found it. It took me forty-five minutes to find <laughs> what it was. It's launch angle, and I think this is an important conversation to have about launch angle because we really only ever talk about it when a home run is hit, right? right? That that's what it has that's what launch angle has turned into is wow, that came off the bat at twenty-nine degrees and four hundred and twenty-eight feet, and it's great, it's lovely, it's awesome, it's good information. But the real conversation about launch angle here for Oswaldo is that his launch angle is down on average by six degrees. Hmm. Six degrees to the layman may not sound like a lot, but the six degrees is the difference between a ground ball and a home run. That is a massive difference. Also slightly on top of that, he's pulling the ball a little bit more than he was last season. So what does that six degrees do? That means that he is, Ground ball to fly ball ratio has nearly tripled from last year towards ground balls. Mm -hmm. His line drives are down 10% and his ground balls are up 20. That is extremely significant. That is, that's the problem. That is everything. And I didn't think we were going to get to a point here in this conversation that we're going to find one specific thing but we did. Hmm. And so this led me down to another rabbit hole. This is going to play better for our video fans, but I'll try my best uh, for our audio friends as well. I went to MLB film room, which is the greatest tool ever. uh, And I broke down. I I wanted to take a look at his swing. Let's just look at the swing. So what is it resulting in? So we're going to take a look at it here. This is from uh, the first game in Seattle, a changeup up in the zone and he grounds it on over to second, a very routine ground ball, nothing doing. Right. Change up up. He rolls it over. This is 2022. A change up up in the zone. Smacks it out. Deep center field. Home run. Right. Not too different of a pitch there. He goes out and he gets it. We're watching in slow-mo. Boom. This is the contact point. His head is down. His hips are slightly open. His shoulders are down. His shoulders are closed. And he's got the barrel on the ball. Right. He has made perfect contact. And uh, again, results in a homer. Let's compare it to game one. It's slightly different. Hmm. The hips have slightly opened. His back knee has slightly dropped and his shoulder is slightly flown open. Just a hair. I mean, it is minuscule, but you see where the bat and the ball meet now. As opposed to the middle of the barrel towards the top, it's now the bottom of the barrel. And again, this is your six degrees that has changed everything for Oswaldo this season. It is, again, so, so minuscule. And, yes, those are two pitches, different pitchers, different ballparks, different results. But I think it goes to show, for me here, is Oswaldo is not far. Right. The results, again, are not there. I mean, you're looking at it, and it's like, he's batting 198 or whatever the number is, right? And that's a very easy number to look at and be upset about. But this is where I'm getting at. Oswaldo's not far from being what he was last year, and again, with everything else, the hard hit percentages, the exit velos, the the plate discipline, all that stuff is better, which means he's not far away from being a better player than he was last season. Again, the results are not there, and I completely understand that. But when you look at it a little bit further, he's not far. So that leads us to beg the question here, Stacey, how do the Yankees handle the situation? Because if an idiot like me can figure this out, <laughs> the Yankees have figured this out. Yeah. Yankees know this is happening and Oswaldo knows this is happening so what do the Yankees do Stacy? given all the evidence that I've just given you do you send him down or do you keep him up
0: now I feel like you keep him up because he's so close because it's such a small difference and you know as you said this swinging and missing is less and you know fewer strikeouts and So he's not going up there and flailing away. He's just not making good contact. And if he just tweaks something slightly, that can all change for him. But I don't know if... Maybe it would be better if he went down to AAA and worked on it for a little bit and came back up. Because essentially, he's still a rookie, you know? This is essentially his first full season in the majors, and this is expected for him to, you know, kind of not be he's not like a world beater. So this is kind of understandable, but those numbers are astounding to me when you went through them all. I was thinking to myself, wow. Okay. So he's really, really close to hopefully figuring it out. And I don't know if they should have him figure it out up in the majors. I feel like maybe, maybe he should go down to AAA and figure it out and then come back and hit the crap out of the ball.
1: (laughs) It's, it's weird, right? It is because, I mean, before we even had this conversation, before we even started talking about it, we're going, yeah, set them down. Like, it's probably time. But when you look deeper, it's not so black and white here. Right. And if I'm putting my hat into the ring here, I think I'm on the camp where you were in the beginning going, maybe it's time to let them stay here. Yeah, and I know. I'm kind you of. <laughs> have You have more access to. Better information, not that AAA doesn't have great information. They do a really good job down there. Trevor Amicone Trevor did a really good job last season. And he's doing a pretty darn good job this season as well with the rail riders, the hitting coach down with the rail riders. So I don't think that he would be worse by going to AAA, but I go back a lot to something Aaron Boone said to Anthony Volpe during spring training we know you have a lot of development to do but what better place is there than to develop a major league baseball so that that keeps ringing in my ears this season when i think about guys like oswaldo cabrera when i thought about anthony volpe and should he be sent down for his struggling bat right what better place is there to develop to be a major league hitter than in the major leagues yeah look if the team is still winning and competitive And these guys aren't dragging you down so far. And there isn't an obvious option in triple a or double a for that matter. Then I think we kind of answered our own question here. Yeah. (laughs) Let us know uh, your answer to this question. Given this new information, do you think the Yankees should keep us Waldo in the show? We could be completely wrong. Maybe sending him down would be good, but I don't know. It is interesting because by all accounts and all numbers, that aren't just your basic stat lines, it's so, so minuscule. Six degrees is the, really the difference here between Oswaldo being 2022 versus 2023 or even better. So let us know how you're feeling about that. While you're in the comment section, of course, you can drop your questions for Fan Mail Friday. Let us know if you like this type of uh, breakdown here. This is obviously a lot of work, but... We do it for you guys. Uh, you can catch the Mariners series uh, on SiriusXM. As always, the whole season is on there. Coming up next, we're going to preview the final game in Seattle. Back here on Locked On, Yankee. Stacy pitching matchup uh, for the finale on Wednesday. Clark Schmidt versus Luis Castillo. How are you feeling about Clark Schmidt these days?
0: I'm feeling better. You know, he keeps hitting five innings. I mean, that's... Good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I noticed something. I didn't. I, maybe I'm dumb. No, I am dumb. No, <laughs> I'm dumb. And I didn't notice something oh, no. until now. Clark has abandoned his fastball. He's not throwing his fastball anymore. Huh? He's throwing his, he's throwing a cutter. cutter?
0: Oh, he, okay. Yeah. Cause he was kind of working on that in the beginning of the season and it wasn't working that well for him. So that's interesting.
1: And I think that may be part of the struggles here. Mm. The fastball wasn't good last year. Right. It just wasn't, it it was being hit a lot, (laughs) but by comparison to his cutter this season, I think we have, we're at the point of the season now where the data is starting to, you know, feel itself out, which is really nice because it gives us way more to go off of, uh, but yeah, his, his cutter has been worse than his fastball so i don't know if that will ever change i don't know how long you give that cutter yeah it's tough it's tough to say uh we'll see i mean is he's gonna keep throwing it until we see otherwise but i again i can't believe i just didn't even notice that he just stopped throwing his fastball it's like 0.2 percent of pitch selection or something dumb like that i was like oh so he's just not throwing it then
0: well i can't believe it's may 31st and he's Still in the rotation, but that's a
1: whole other. <laughs> that's a that's a whole different can of worms. Uh, Luis Castillo, fastball, sinker, slider, change. Uh, the big, I think, the big thing for for Luis Castillo and his success is the difference between his fastball and his sinker. They come out of the same arm slot. Mm-hmm. They come in within a mile of an hour uh, of difference, hmm. and uh, they move different at the end. Seems pretty simple. Uh, yeah his sinker has some very late zip to it with some arm side run to the right hand side. Um, but his fastball doesn't. So that that's the, the key to success right there is the fastball sinker co- combo. And uh, we'll see if that continues. He's had a good season this year. Um, we were kind of talking about it before. I don't think he's God's gift to man uh, that uh, that the reds made him out to be at the trade deadline last year, but I mean, he's a good pitcher. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's pitched well this year
0: yeah as we said before we were recording he's a solid two
1: yeah but they were making him out to be an ace of all aces
0: right yeah yeah that kind of bothered me last season but i mean he's a great he's he's great and you know the mariners are lucky to have him in their rotation
1: You sound there's there's some jade in that just a little bit just a little
0: bit just thinking about moves that the yankees made at the trade deadline that haven't worked out and uh yeah, there's a little bit of <clears throat> yeah. resentment. Uh-huh. I can't help it. <laughs> no, I can't that's fair. help it. That's fair. Um, what do you what what's your favorite pitch? I need to know this because you're really into looking into pitching uh, data and stuff like what pitch do you like seeing be, like thrown by a guy? Because I, I have a pitch that I love, but I want to know what
1: you like. So my favorite pitch of all time ever since i've understood what a pitch was um has been clayton kershaw's curveball Mm. there is nothing more beautiful uh than when that thing is working right which it works right a lot um yeah that that that's before i even started diving into this world of analytics and 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 how the science of pitching just the way that thing moves has been i i love it Uh, i also as the angels fan in me uh really like ben joyce's fastball right now Uh, (laughs) very into 103 running away
0: i mean these guys are just (laughs) unbelievable with the velocity now it's just crazy i always like sliders and splitters especially if they're working really well just like when certain pitches dive at the end and really fool someone and they work like a wiffle ball because it reminds me of playing wiffle ball with my yeah guy neighbor friends that I used to, like, I I would play wiffle ball with the guys in the neighborhood. And it just some guys pitches like Adam Ottavino when he was with the Yankees, like his balls just <laughs> dove in different directions. And it's just amazing that you can make a baseball do that. And it's not a wiffle ball with lots of holes in it doing it. It's just it's amazing to me what these guys are capable of doing now. And I wonder what players from a 100 years ago would think seeing the movement Couldn't of the balls it. no and the velocity they would they'd walk away they'd be like okay i'm done i'm not doing this
1: <laughs> uh i i will go along with your sentiment of a splitter i like a splitter a lot i love a japanese splitter uh I unless Hiro
0: tanaka oh, I love unless
1: it's in uh a world baseball classic final against my job <laughs> uh, then i don't like then i don't like a japanese <laughs> Let us know in the comments. What's your favorite pitch? Uh, Is it as specific as mine? (laughs) Or I'm just like, this guy's curveball, exactly. Uh, Or are you more just like, dude, give me 104 on the gun. Uh, I'm fascinated by the world of pitching. Uh, It has become a a, a secret obsession. Maybe not so secret now. Uh, Obsession of mine. Uh, While you're in that comment section, you can always drop questions for us for Fan Mail Friday. We are answering your questions on Friday's show. The Mariners series wraps up on Sirius XM. And of course, coming up, we're going to chat about the AL East uh, in Thursday's show. Yankees have an off day and a travel day to Los Angeles. So make sure to hit subscribe and be a part of that conversation. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'm Steve Granato.
0: And I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. We'll see you tomorrow.